How's everybody doing? Good morning to you. All right, won't you stand? We're going to read a scripture together. Good to see everybody. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Thank you, Jesus. On your outline is the first one, Genesis 18:25, the latter section of that scripture. Uh, B, the B section. Amen. Which is the last portion. It's the last line in it. Shall not, you ready? Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? Again, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? Praise God. Amen. We might as well read this second one too. Nahum uh, chapter 1 verse 3. Amen. Let's read it together. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. His way is in storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Amen. Praise God for his word. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray just for a moment. Love you, God. We praise you, Jesus. We give you thanks, sweet Holy Spirit, for your collective strength. Three in one, power on every level, in heaven and in the earth and beneath it, Lord God. Thank you for your power and your strength and your love and your sacrifice. Help us, Lord God, to seek you with everything we have, to bow before thee, to give you honor and glory and praise, to magnify your lovely name, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God, in the congregation, in the church universal, in the midst of this church. Rejoice in the Lord ministries. Manifest your power and your presence. Help us, Lord God, to seek you with heart, mind, soul, and strength, with intellect, with emotions, with passion, in the midst of relationships, Lord God. Help us to deliberately and intentionally seek to please you, honor you with all that we are and all that we hope to be. Manifest your power in the church of Jesus Christ. Give us voices that influence the lives and hearts and characters and attributes and personality traits of people, Lord God. Allow the transformation of the mind to be achieved. Allow your people to be renewed. Allow them, Lord God, to gain new strength and stamina for the living of their lives. Help them to know without a shadow of doubt that you are overlooking that you are in charge, that you are in control, that you are just, loving, kind, good, gracious, sovereign God. So have your way, Lord God. In our midst, teach us and touch us this day that we might be about our Father's business is our prayer in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, amen. And thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Good to see you. You can be seated. Praise God for you. Amen. 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 That means so let it be. When we say amen, that means so let it be. It's an affirmation. It's, a, it's, a, it's an acknowledgement that the power of God is real and that his word, if, that, if, he, if he said it, that settles it. Amen. If he said it, that settles it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So his word is true. His pronouncements are real. 
His power is available. Can I get a witness in the house? Y'all seem a little sluggish today. I'm going to wait on you a little while. I ain't going to get started until y'all seem like you're with me a little bit. Amen, somebody. Praise God. And I take a little break and give some happy birthday wishes. I want to give a happy belated birthday to my brother. Amen. My, my twin brother. My identical twin brother. To me. Two. Amen. I had a... <laughs> I had a milestone birthday. I turned 60 my last birthday. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And, uh, and uh, the family's got something special planned for me today, a belated kind of celebration. They got me kind of twisted and discombobulated. I don't even know what they're going to do. So I'm kind of surprised. I'm really surprised. So, uh, <laughs> so it's a good day. I'm feeling good. Praise God. I hope you are. Amen. I hope you are. Y'all feeling good? Amen. I hope so. Life is too short. Amen. Amen. To not enjoy some of it. Amen. Amen. To just glean from it God's blessings. We're talking about the real God. Amen on a series of messages, and, uh, and today, the emphasis is on justice. Amen? Uh, I don't know, uh, when I was in seminary, justice was talked about a lot. I was in seminary in the early 80s. I graduated from seminary in 1985. Spent three years, from 82 to 85, working on a Master's of Divinity. Amen? And uh, during that time, uh, we're still on the, on the heels of uh, a lot of social justice issues, a lot of advocacy work. Uh, I remember taking a class about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, uh, and reading books like The Pedagogy of the Oppressed, you know, the teachings that are relevant to the oppressed, what teachings in scripture uh, aid and assist with liberation, uh, uh, with the liberation of the oppressed, and, and analysis of, uh, of, of pockets of pain where people were suffering, uh, oppressed, uh, uh, you know, having difficulty across the length and breadth of the planet, not just in the United States. So there was an analysis and a strong critique of apartheid you know, that uh, segregationist kind of system in South Africa. And, and one of the things that would always rise to the top when you're talking about uh, overcoming, uh, overcoming uh, inequality, injustice, what would always rise to the top is an understanding that God is a just God. Amen? Amen? Because justice is the attribute of God that helps us uh, to keep going, praise God. And in the midst of injustices, in the midst of unfairness, amen, somebody? Amen. And we find it in, in different sectors. You know, the video pointed up the fact that bullying is an issue. Can I get a witness in the house? 
You know, when I was coming up, bullying is just what you had to endure. Nobody said much about it. You just tried to navigate it. You know, if there, somebody was going to jump on you on your way home, you know, it's going to be a fight, and you designated to be that person who would be participating in the fight. Seemed like always unfair. Seemed like somebody always bigger than you and so-called badder than you with a notorious reputation want to, <laughs> want to jump you. Amen, somebody. And, you know, you just, you just try to uh, travel in packs. <laughs> try not to get isolated. Amen, somebody. I had a built-in uh, protection. I was a twin, so my brother and I was always together. I went to one of the roughest high schools in Mobile, Alabama. It just happened to be named Booker T. Washington. <laughs> Booker T. Washington High School. I'm, I'm sorry, middle school. And, uh, and so Frederick and I were always together, so I guess they always felt like we got to at least fight two of them. <laughs> it's going to be two of them. And I hear about my friends and, and uh, classmates going through some trauma, some trouble, some injustices. Amen? And so, good news is, because of social media and uh, things of that nature and folk trying to look out for things, uh, folk are, uh, you know, Ivana Trump, you know, <laughs> she trying to combat bullying on, in social media. Uh, and so... You got bullying, you got all levels of injustices, unfairness. And when we think about the big stuff, sometimes we think about why does God allow bad things to happen? Amen? That's a prevalent argument as to why some people claim they don't believe in God. It's because there's too much injustice in the world, it's too much unfairness. They just think it's got to be something that's... Uh, sporadic, happenstance, accidental, uh, you know, that a tsunami may hit or an earthquake may occur or a hurricane may be barreling down on you or a tornado just pop out of nowhere and destroy, you know, some section of a community or a neighborhood and then uh, people die, people are hurt, people have to start over. Amen? How can we quantify that and say that there's a good God where there seems to be no rule, no rhyme or reason uh, to why we have to go through what we go through. Amen? But uh, those who study the Bible, we understand that, uh, that we're in a certain era. I want to put this chart up that, I, that we, uh, we, found, we found this chart, and it talks about a Bible worldview. What's a biblical worldview? You know, if you read the Bible, if you understand the Bible and you, you, you get the ebb and flow of the Bible, you have an understanding that, uh, that we're in a different age. We call it a dispensation, theologically. So we're in a place. So we started off life with God in a perfect world. That's Genesis 1 and 2. That's creation, the creation story. That's the Garden of Eden. That's paradise. That's walking with God daily. Amen. And then what, then what happened? The fall, amen, and fall, the fall ushered in a time of curse, and it changed the whole dynamics of the world and our struggle. Not, not to say that God didn't know this was happening, but he can't create a free agent without putting us through something, a maturation, a true spiritual evolution, which is the only kind of evolution, spiritual, 
Amen. And, and so we got this age now where adjustment occurred. The first judgment. What was the first judgment? The first judgment that you are sinful, that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of Almighty God. And because of that sin, I'm changing the dynamics. You will now die. You will now experience pain and suffering and disease. And, uh, you know, you ushered in a whole era. Now the, 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 uh, the environment is hostile. You're going to have to work hard to produce products and uh, produce. You're going to have to also experience labor in childbirth. There will be birth pains. Hmm? That's the first judgment. So the first judgment sent us into a different era. Amen. And that's the era we're currently in. And so what we're now in, life in a fallen world. And life in a fallen world, you know, again, it started with the first judgment in Genesis, the third chapter. And then we're moving toward the final judgment. Amen. Because God is a judge. Amen. And this whole teaching about Christ is about making sure you're covered in the judgment. So the question is, are you covered? Are your sins covered? Have you been covered by Jesus Christ? Have you received, accepted, acknowledged, believed, embraced Jesus? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. So if I've received him, accepted him, and embraced him, it kind of makes me you know, a little bit bulletproof from the final judgment. But then the final judgment will also determine uh, my reward. Amen? Everybody not going to be on the same level in heaven. I'm sorry to announce that. <laughs> Amen? You know, everybody going to have joy. Everybody will have no more pain. Suffering, difficulty, struggle, strain, everybody, be, but everybody won't have the same reward, nor the same responsibilities in heaven. Amen? And so the inequitable distribution of wealth, resources, power is going to shift. The word says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen? I'm talking about in this final this final chapter of what God is achieving. He's going to change the order of things. Right now we have an order that seems topsy-turvy. Amen. That seems upside down. That seems unfair. Why should some folk have billions and billions of dollars and other folks struggle so? Doesn't that seem a little unfair? I told you all about an instance. I was talking to the president of the Chamber of Commerce. It was in the early 80s. And I was talking to him, and the guy at Disney was Michael Eisner at the time had just got like a $200 million bonus. And they were like laying people off. I'm like, how one person get $200 million and you got the unmitigated gall to give another person $200 million? I don't get it. Oh, you, you would have thought I had cussed him out. <laughs> because in their equation, you know, it makes sense. You know, anytime you attack the affluence, the greed, the wealth, the inequitable distribution of resources, amen, the unfairness of it, that's not how the world turns. That's not how it revolves. That's not how it operates in a capitalistic culture. 
I remember sitting in an economics class, and the professor was, playing, was, was, was uh, explaining the dynamics of economics. And he was saying, okay, well, this is how much unemployment uh, that has to happen in order for the equation to balance. In other words, you've got to have some poor people, or the formula does not work. Amen? You can't, you can't, I said, wait a minute now, you're telling me that the capitalistic formula builds into it that, that, that there's, there's got to be some people who are poor, there's got to be some people who are making lower incomes, there's got to be some people who are, uh, who are uh, the working poor, you know, for the equation to work. He said, he said yes, that's, that's how the equation is set up. I said, well, that ain't fair. He said, life ain't fair, dude. I said, and you know, after a number of years after that experience, I've come to the conclusion that he was absolutely right. Life ain't fair. Not during this era. Not, not during this age. Amen. But we do have an assurance that God's going to show up and show out. Amen. That wrongs will be righted. That crooked places will be made straight. That God's will will prevail in the final analysis. Amen. That justice will roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That God will show that he's in control ultimately. So we got to be on the side of God. And God will allow manifestations of his justice to be made known in our current age and time as well. Has, have you ever been going through something and you just waited and waited and then you saw God just correct it. God just make it straight and make it plain and God reward you even though somebody else tried to maybe hold you back or hold you down or belittle you or, 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 or discount your value but God then just lifted you up somehow. He said that he will even make your enemies your footstool. In other words, folk who try to hold you down, they, they're actually just going to wind up elevating you. Amen, somebody. They're actually going to wind up, wind up being your springboard, catapulting you into a place of prosperity, a place, place of, of power and influence, praise God. Folk can't hold you down if God is on your side. If God is on your side, you're going to get what God wants you to get. You're going to have what God wants you to have. You're going to achieve what God wants you to achieve. You're going you're gonna to be blessed how God wants you to be blessed. So you don't have to be fretful or fearful or shaking in your boots. Amen, somebody. You don't have to be in fear and trepidation because God is good. And God watches out for his children. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. The enemy will try to kill you. The word God says he came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He'll try to take you out. That's the reason you need God on your side, to make sure you bulletproof. Amen, somebody. I'm talking about that you can be at ward off the fiery darts of the enemy. That's what the word of God says. Put on the whole arm of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Take up the shield of faith so that you can ward off the fiery darts of the enemy. Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Put on the, breast, the, the belt of truth and have your shoes shod in the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. So, so becoming the man or woman of peace is what justice is all about. Because justice 
Amen, somebody. Allows you to hold up. Amen. That God is a just God. The Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. Amen, somebody. What if I'm guilty? <laughs> well, that's why we need Jesus. Because we are all guilty. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of Almighty God. But I have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen, somebody. Now, now, sin affects my placement in heaven. And if I, you know, do stuff with the wrong motivation, it can, place, it can affect my reward. Amen, somebody. So don't delude yourself. There are some consequences. But God has his children under him, praise God, like being under a divine umbrella that protects you from the rain and the storm and the wind and the tumultuous weather that can come our way. God is in the midst of sheltering his children. Amen. Amen. So, 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 so judgment is a good thing for those who are in the faith. But you've got to be in the faith and of the faith. And the Word of God says without faith it is impossible to please God. So, so I got to be in and of the faith for this to apply. Praise God. Hebrews 4.13, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Judgment is about understanding, and, and God being the judge is about understanding that I am accountable to God. God, I give an account to him. So that motivate me. The word of God says, let a man, let me extend it, or a woman examine his or herself. So it should be a, a, a continual process of examination, me examining my life to make sure that I'm living in it in such a way where I am, I have God in mind. I have him at the heart of the matter. I'm passionate about pleasing him. I want to my life to be directed by him. I want to receive instruction and guidance and counsel from him. I want to be inspired and instructed by the Spirit of God. I want the comforter and the guide, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I live by the word of God. So the judge, God as judge, helps me understand that I am accountable to him. Amen? You know, some folk want life without accountability. Amen, somebody. I just want to do my own thing. Well, life can't be lived without accountability. There has to be a accountability. Amen? We have to live under God's rule. Amen, somebody. And he's got some rules. Amen. Now, sometimes we get that twisted and we think God's the anti-joy God, the anti-pleasure God, the anti-love God, the anti-relationship God, the anti-money, wealth, prosperity God. God is not anti. There's way more stuff than he, that he's for than he's against. But he is against some stuff. Amen, somebody. And so we need to embrace him. And understand that he sees us exactly for who we are. He sees us privately. He sees us publicly. You can't hide from God. 139th Psalm talks about how, you know, if I make my bed in hell, he is there. If I take a ride on the wings of the morning, he is there. In, the, in other words, if I, if I ascend high or if I'm in low places, he's there. God is everywhere. 
everywhere. Amen, somebody. So why act like he's not there? Why live your life not in, in, in being, being non-responsive to him? Being non-accountable to him. He hears every word. He hears every utterance. He examines even our thoughts. Our thoughts even condemn us in God's eyes. You don't even have to do something. All you got to do is think about doing it. You have committed a sin in the, mighty, in the sight of Almighty God. So that's why we need to understand there are none righteous. Amen. But this is what God does. He heals our thoughts. And he forgives us of our sins. And because we are forgiven, we don't have to be vengeful. Amen. He's judge. Amen. I don't have to be condemning. He's judge. I don't have to be so opinionated. He's judge. I don't have to be a pundit or, you know, a prognosticator about, you know, what's right, what's correct all the time. I can put it in his hands. Amen. Guess what that does for you? It softens life. Amen. Life is so hard for some of us because we're so judgmental. Amen, somebody. You know, life is tough because we want to be the announcer of what's right and what's wrong. You know, look at the political process. You're talking about now a, you know, nomination of a Supreme Court, potential Supreme Court justice, Kavanaugh. And they're examining, they're, uh, they have opinions about the whole process. They're trying to assess his values. And, and, and the only problem about assessing values is we, we write the rule book. Amen, somebody. It ain't according to what God wants, what God thinks, and what, it's what we want and what we think. And so we can legislate, try to legislate what's wrong. Amen, somebody. And, and, and make it a platform. <laughs> it's wrong, but it's a platform of our politics. Amen. It's something we embrace. It's something that we think is right. Amen. It could be absolutely wrong. Now I judge somebody out of my own wrong view, my own wrong values. Amen, somebody. I'm not upholding, you know, one way or the other. All I'm saying is that what we judge is out of our own purview rather than God's. God is the judge. Amen, somebody. God is the one who's ultimately in control. And the best I can do with my minuscule understanding, my, my finite understanding of things and people and experiences and what, what the real purposes are and motives are, is to try to find out which way God is moving for me. Amen. What are you saying, Pastor? Say, I need to pay more attention to me. Amen. Because you know who the only person you can correct is you. You know the only person you can really direct is you. The only person you can really critique is you. Sometimes we delude ourselves, so it's hard to get at the real you. Because we deluded ourselves for so long. We've lied to ourselves for so long. We've, we've begun to believe the lie. Believe the narrative that we crafted, you know, to show our public selves and we believe that our public selves is our private self but we know that's a lie amen we need to take a good look at who we are and ask God to be the judge ask God to help us see ourselves as ourselves and God adjust me amen the best way to make a difference in the world 
is to make a self-adjustment. And when I make that self-adjustment, I then become loving and I then become a blessing to other people. And when I become a blessing to other people, I motivate them and inspire them to want to change. Amen. At my best, I'm blessing my family. I'm blessing my friends. I'm blessing my loved ones, praise God, when I'm at my best. When I'm at my worst, I'm hurting folk. Amen, somebody. And, and, and guess what? Hurt people hurt people. Amen. So that's what vengeance is all about. I'm hurt. I'm ready to do some damage. I'm hurt. I'm ready to hurt somebody. Matter of fact, I got a righteous indignation. I think what I'm doing is right. When God says vengeance is mine, I'm the judge. I'm also the justifier. I'm the one that justifies you. I'm the one that weighs it all in the balance. I'm the one that washes folk clean. I'm the one that forgives sins. I'm the one that understands the full scope of what somebody is and what they're about. You know, you ever been in the courtroom or had a friend or family member uh, be metered out some uh, sentence or some judgment and you're thinking to, them, to yourself, they didn't take in consideration their background, their experience, what they've been through and, you know, three strikes, you know, all those, these judgments that are just carte blanche without even giving any mercy at all. Aren't you glad that God isn't like that? Amen. God knows the full picture. God knows the background. God knows your true makeup. God knows why you are like you are. Amen, somebody. God knows your experiences and your exposures and your background. And, you know, if you've been abused or uh, used or he knows your reactions and why you're reacting and he can take it all in consideration and he is a true, loving, kind, compassionate, merciful judge full of grace. Amen. He's not a bully. Amen. God is a good God. So what do I do to respond to God properly? Well, I got to choose to embrace Jesus today. Today, not after a while, not, at, not procrastinate, not when things are convenient or when I think I'm ready. No, I, today, I got to choose that Jesus is my Savior. And, and I, I want to, because I'm going to meet the righteous judge one day, and I want to get ready for meeting him. In that, what, what, what the songwriter, the, the, the spiritual said, in that great getting up morning. When the trumpet shall sound and life's journey shall end. In the second judgment, praise God, I want to be ready. And I want to be in the process of ready for reward, not in danger of not receiving. Amen, somebody. And some folk have decided that, you know, well, God, he's a judge, but he also seemed like to me an unjust judge because he's created this hell. Amen. And this hell he plans to put people in, I can't fathom that. Amen? I don't believe God would do that. <laughs> but you believe that God is good. He's full of grace and he's extended mercy, but, but he can't be judged. Amen? He ain't killing folk, he just put them in some torture trainers. You're going to live one way or another. You're going to live with God or away from God. But in order to live with God, 
you have decided you want to be with him in life. I don't think that's a bad thing. Say, look, if you want to be with me in the afterlife, you need to be on my side in life. I don't think that's bad. Wait, wait a minute now. You want to hang out with me, and I'm, you're going to have all the perks and all the benefits and all the blessings and all the eternal favor and the eternal life and living abundant life and just brand new vestas of opportunity in this new earth and in this new heaven. You want to explore who I am. You don't know what kind of benefits and blessings that you're going to get on the other side when you get this brand new body. You want the brand new version of you, you 2.0, praise God. You want the reboot. You want the redevelopment. You want the renew you, praise God. But you can't pay a price on this side just by simply accepting what he's done for you. That he paid the price on the cross for your sins. That he went through torture, torment, torment, torment. That he died that ignominious death on the cross that you might have a right to the tree of life. Praise God. You just won't accept and believe that Jesus is Jesus. That he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead. No evidence to debunk it. No nothing to discount it, nothing to say that it didn't happen, amen, all these centuries later, amen, this doubt, fear, skepticism about the plan of God, amen, but folk need to receive the plan of God, amen, and accept God as God, now I don't know who going and who not going, I really don't know, amen somebody, I just, like they, like they said in their old spiritual, I just want to be in the number. Amen. And I've spent my life trying to get as many people in the number as I can. Amen, somebody. I want to be in the number. I want to be in the number of the saints that know and serve and live with and around the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to be bequeathed this blessing that God has made available and he's made it low-hanging fruit. Amen, somebody. I'm not afraid of what turn the culture might take, what turn the government might take, amen? What turn, what turn the discourse of our culture, the philosophical thoughts of our culture may take? Because it's already been predicted in scripture that it's gonna take a downward spiral. If you read the word of God, you'll see that there's coming a day when people will not honor God and people will go completely in the other direction. Amen. And he will from this mass revolt birth a remnant. Amen. A remnant is a portion of the body. Amen. A portion that's his. And he's going to come to claim that remnant. Amen. And I just want to be in the number. Amen. How can we ignore and discount a loving and a living God? Amen. He is so good, so gracious. And then when he comes back, in the, in the chart, the last section says life with God in a perfect world, Revelation 21. Life with God in a perfect world. Amen. Where everything's meter out just right. We don't have to worry about injustices. We don't have to worry about inequality. We don't have to worry about an inequitable distribution of resources and wealth. We don't have to worry about the haves and the have-nots. We don't have to worry about the rich and famous and those who are poor and indigent. Amen, somebody. 
where God will meter out a fair society, a fair world, a fair heaven and a fair earth. He's even going to come himself to be king of Judah, the king of the lion of Judah, and rule right here on earth for a thousand years. We won't have any more you the baddest despot leader or dictator on the planet. You the baddest democratically elected leader on the planet. God going to take the throne himself, take control for a thousand years. I'm God. I'm judge. I'm good. I'm in control. Praise God. A, a, a God you can look up to. Amen. And know that he's right every time. I mean, you can look at President Obama, but he wasn't right every time. You can look at President Trump. He ain't right every time. But when God sits on the throne, he is going to be right every single time. Amen, somebody. So just know this. Justice is coming. Justice is on the way. The righteous judge has justified us, praise God. He's forgiven us. And as a result, we don't have to be fearful, worried about a thing. John 5 and 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So if I believe, if I connect, if I receive, if I embrace, if I love on God and receive his love, uh, this love that he's made available for me, I don't have to worry about the judgment. The righteous judge has already made provisions for my life. He's already made provisions for my eternal life. He's already made provisions for my abundant life. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3.12. Now, if anyone builds, and I'm almost finished, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, listen to this text, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. Amen. In other words, he's saying what you're doing in the world, you'll be rewarded by your works. Some of you all have built palatial estates and laid up gold, silver, jewels. Some, some of y'all, you just got hay, wood, straw, that's okay, but you, you got something. But each one's work is manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as though through the fire. What is this text talking about? It's talking about that the works that we do for God follow us. It's akin to the text that says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Amen, somebody. In other words, what you do for God, what you do in the world should be for God. If it's just about me and myself, if it's just about my desires and my wants and my hopes and my aspirations and my ambitions and, you know, things and stuff and possessions, if it's just about the accumulation of the lifestyle, amen, somebody. If it's not God honoring, he says that it's going to be burned up one day. 
Amen, somebody. It won't even make it to the next level. But you can send something on up ahead if it's God-honoring. So we need to start examining our lives in that context. Lord, help me to review whether I do what I do because I love you. Do I do what I do because I love you? Amen. Do I do what I do because I love other people? Amen. Am I doing this to honor you? Amen. Or is it just stuff I like to do? Amen. Is it just the stuff that the world does? Amen. Is it any differentiation at all between me and the world? Because we will be judged based on our intent. Amen. That's, that's the reason I used to, uh, I, I start calling my, 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 my car the clergy mobile. God, this, this car yours. It belongs to you. I start calling my house. It ain't no mansion, but I say, this is the, this is the clergy mansion. Amen. In other words, it's a home dedicated to you. I want to do things in my home that honor you, praise God. So I read and study and pray. Is my home a part of, you know, my devotional place? Are there sections and corners in our homes that's dedicated to worshiping and praising God? In Deuteronomy, it says that we ought to even have stuff hanging on the walls that represent that we love God. Amen. That the paraphernalia and the things that we accumulate, the things we hang on the walls, the stuff that we have in our homes, some of it ought to be God-honored. I got this because I love God. And it's supposed to be in my house to remind me that I love God. It's supposed to show the world that I love God. It's supposed to show the children and the grandchildren and the extended family, the folk who frequent my space that I love God, that I'm committed to God, that this is about God. It's not just about me, it's about God. Amen. How can people experience that and see that in our life work? Amen. And then lastly, you know, if God is judge, that means what? I'm not. Amen, somebody. How can we be so judgmental of the world and the world don't have the same commitment as we do? Amen. How can we be so condemning of the world, you know, and they're not where we are if we're professing faith? We should be nothing but loving and compassionate for those who are in the world and for those who are not of the faith. How can we be so judgmental? Matter of fact, as, as people of God, the only folk we're really supposed to have the critique for is those who are of the faith. I'm supposed to critique y'all. Amen, somebody. Make sure you're walking right. Make sure those who've accepted Jesus, who have been born again and filled with the Spirit, stay on the path. Anything else of the people who are out there, I'm just trying to love on them and get them to Jesus. Amen, somebody. I ain't trying to judge their life and, oh, you a drunk or you low down, you, you chintzy and cheap. They're supposed to be chintzy and cheap. You greedy, they're supposed to be greedy. They're in the world. Amen. You lustful, they spoke, they, 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 they in the world. That you, whatever you are, you're in the world. But if you're in Christ, he begins the transformation and the change that happens in your life. So in all, the best thing we can do for the kingdom, the best thing that we can do for the church is to not be condemning. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn. I came to save. I came to set people free. I came to liberate people. I came to love on people. Yes, people have problems, but I got to be able to attach the person from the problem and love them anyway because folk with problems need love 
Amen. And it doesn't matter if they're wealthy. It doesn't matter if they're what politics they're a part of. We're supposed to be people of love, not, not spewing out hate and hostility and animosity and malice. Amen, somebody. God wants us to be people of love. And which means that I got to be able to take a lick and keep on ticking. Amen, somebody. I got to be able to turn the other cheek. I got to be able to uphold under unfairness and injustices without losing it. Amen, somebody. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will, put in, will be put into your lap, for with the measure you use it, will be measured back to you. Amen. I want to be blessed. I got to be a blessing. Amen. I got to make room for other people in my life, family members and friends that don't have it together. And guess what? We don't have it all together. But we got to become more loving and open and inviting, praise God, so that people will know that Jesus is in us and around us and working through us. Amen, somebody. Too often the current contemporary Christian church is just known by what it's against. It needs to be known by its love. Won't you stand all over the house? The Word of God says that it will also be known and identified by our love for each other. Amen, somebody. Somebody said, we're the only ones shoot our wounded. Did you hear me? We're the only ones, Christians, the only ones shoot the wounded. Just stay down, we're going to put our foot in there and rub it in a little bit. Amen. No, no, don't shoot your wounded. Love on them. Amen. Love on them. Be grace, full of grace and mercy. Amen. Be about reformation and rehabilitation. You know, restoration. Amen, somebody. Because God is a God of restoration and renewal. Can I get a witness in the house? Say, don't get mad. Get glad, y'all. Christians are to be people of joy. Matter of fact, the Word of God says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So some unfair things are happening on your job. Amen, somebody. You better learn to get some joy and some contentment and some happiness and some graciousness and some gentleness on your job. You better stop going in that mad and mean-spirited and looking like, you know, you swallowed a turnip or something. Say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going in here with joy. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. It ain't going to be fair. It ain't going to be just. It ain't going to be equitable. That ain't the world we're in. We're in an unfair world. We're in an unjust world. We're in an inequitable world. We're in a world that would do you wrong. Amen. But just know God will allow you to overcome. That's my belief. That's my knowledge. That's my hope. That's my experience. 
Amen, somebody. That God will allow you to overcome. Even if you have a setback. Somebody wrote a book that said a setback is a setup for a comeback. Amen, somebody. Can I get a witness in the house? Satan might have meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. Amen. He building my character, making me stronger and better because he hadn't made me lie on a flowery bed of ease. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Praise God. No weapon fashioned or formed against me will be able to prosper. That's my belief. I am, we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Stop being fearful. Stop being doubtful. Amen. Stop being overanalyzed. Give it to God. I tell you, if you give it to God and keep moving strongly in the right direction toward Him, He'll open doors that no man can shut. Shut doors that no man can open. That's how good God is. Amen, somebody. That's the good thing about being 60. Amen. I ain't just talking it, I know it. Amen, somebody. You know, when, you, when you're 30 something, you know it a little bit. When you're 40 something, you know it a little bit more. When you're 50 something, you know, you start to get your stride. Amen, something. Amen. But this is what I know. It's about my walk and my experience. The Satan can't prosper. That even though justice, injustices are hovering around, they cannot prevail. And that God is a God of justice, love, power. He is a magnanimous God who has our best interests at heart. And he will and he does take care of his children. Can I get a witness? Thank you, Jesus. I want to invite somebody to make a decision to step out on faith, to come out in his name, to connect with what God is doing through Rejoice, and to affirm or reaffirm your faith, to dedicate or rededicate your life to Jesus, the author, the finisher of, the, of our faith, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the only righteous God. I want to invite somebody to say, here I am, you are. Take me, mold me, shape me. I'm yours. To affirm that before these witnesses. The word says if you acknowledge him before men, he will acknowledge you before the Father who's in heaven. So I want to invite somebody to decide today, to connect today, to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Come in his name. Let him have his way. We're going to worship for a few moments. We invite you to make a decision today to connect with Jesus, to connect with the church, to affirm your faith, to be born again, filled with the Spirit. You may already know him, have been filled, but just affirm it and connect. We invite you to come. Every heart praying.